How's it going, everybody? It is once again me, Chewy, one of the hosts of the podcast titled Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends. And in this special episode, we have audio from a collaboration that I was fortunate enough to be a part of with the guys from the Ba podcast. It's uh, <laughs> a comedy based podcast. Their logo is a little sheep. You guys should definitely check them out. Uh, a couple months ago, I believe that was when this happened, they asked me to be a part of a little mini interview that it wasn't just myself. They had segments with several other podcasters from different kinds of podcasts or anything from comedy, horror, etc. So yeah, that's going to be the first part of this episode. And I'm also going to do a somewhat of a mini review slash critique of Halloween Kills, which I saw a couple of weeks ago. And I'm not going to do it in the style that we normally would do it when my co-host is here, Monica, because I feel like we might actually do that movie in the future. That's a full-on episode, so today I'll just go over my first impressions and what I thought, give my opinion, I'll try to keep it spoiler-free, I know that it's been out for about a month or so already, but I still want to give people the chance that have not seen the film to enjoy it like I did without any spoilers. So that'll be the second part of that, and before we do that though, I do want to remind you guys to check out our Linktree, which is under linktree.com slash myths behind LGDS. Because under you're going to find all of our links, our Anchor profile, you want to listen through the Anchor page online. You can find our Spotify link, our Facebook page, the Instagram profile, Twitter, which is really where we're most active actually most of the time. And also our email, so definitely go ahead and check out our Linktree, which is once again under linktree.com slash myths behind LGDS. And yeah, hope you guys enjoy this special episode, and we'll be right back with the segment from the Ba podcast episode. Sheep, welcome back. We're continuing our marathon run through some of our favorite podcasters. Uh, this one's these ones are specifically in the film genre, and. Um, Again, we've listened to a lot of the film, uh, the podcasts in this area, and these are the people that we think you should be listening to. If you like our show, you're going to enjoy these guys' show. Uh, we're going to start now with uh, Myth Behind the Legends. Uh, Shui, welcome to the show. How's it going, guys? It's good to have you. Yeah, thank you for having me. So normally, we ask you to tell us a little bit, little bit about your show, but do you want to pronounce your show's name better than Adam right there? So that <laughs> Myth Behind the Legends. Yeah, certainly. No, uh, we are a podcast titled Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends, and I do have a co-host, but uh, she's not available at the moment. She's uh, in California, so the time difference and everything, she's still at work right now. So, um, yeah, but we primarily focus on horror movies. That's our, our jam. I mean, we do talk about other things like books and shows, series, stuff like that, like uh, the Netflix stuff maybe, but we primarily focus, like I said, on, on the horror stuff, and most of the episodes that we've done are in on films you say horror best out of everyone we've interviewed so far horror. because it's become a thing where our questions you know there you can misinterpret the question yes and, and you say horror very well yeah he's very good it, it, yeah. you can tell he's not from georgia oh thank you oh <laughs> actually uh, if you can believe english is not my first language so well, you, you still say horror better than anyone we've had. <laughs> Thanks. And now I'm very self-conscious about it. I really just want to... Yeah, hit it out I, of the park. Honestly. Horror. Horror. <laughs> there we go. Horror. Okay. There we go. So, uh, Shui, what we do is um, we are kind of a little bit of a game show theme. So what we're going to do is we're going to ask you um, 
a couple questions, random questions, some about um, movies, some about uh, myths, some about just life in general, and um, deep questions with kind of short answers. Um, as a practice question, we'll let you uh, get this one in. It, our first question is, are you going to go counterclockwise or clockwise? I would go clockwise. Indeed, he will. That's the right answer. And Jamie, you're going to start us out. In learning a little bit about you and your podcast, I understand that you play guitar. Yes. Uh -huh. Which animal do you think would be the best rock guitarist? I would say it would be a bear. Only because they have the brute force factor to them. And they already have the claws. I guess they can use that as picks. Nice. <laughs> Dude, what is the number one rule to survive a horror movie? Don't have sex. <laughs> have sex, gonna die. Mm -hmm. But doesn't having sex get you deeper into the movie? Well, you kind of make it a little bit towards the middle, I guess, but eventually you, you would not survive. I, I mean, at least that's what I learned from Scream. And mm, from uh, <laughs> and from Cabin in the Woods too. One of my, I think the one of the best ways to survive movies is just make sure he's actually dead. Like when the killer's dead, go ahead and check that body out. Make sure that the killer is actually dead, dead, dead. Yeah, uh, How turning your back to a killer is a bad idea. Or the killer's down and you think it's <laughs> over. Like it's almost a, it's a terrible, terrible move. Right, especially when you hear that music start playing. You know, that, that always comes, it happens right. to just be playing in the background whenever a killer happens to not be yeah. fully dead dead. It does suck. Back to you. Back to me? Okay. So my next question <laughs> is, uh, I understand that you also like to cook. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, which animal, besides a bear, because <laughs> they're busy playing guitar, which animal do you think would make the best chef? Now, and which animal do you think would make the best line cook? Well, we Chef have, what would be the difference? Right. Uh, so I guess the line cook would be the the one who's sort of doing the grunt work in the kitchen. The chef is the guy who's telling them kind of how to create the food. Right. Oh, I see. I see. The Gordon Ramsay of the animal world versus <laughs> the guy or the, gal the working unnamed, in the kitchen. The unnamed cook in the, right. in the back of Gordon Ramsay. Okay, I think the line cook would be a dog because dogs are pretty good at following directions if you train them properly. Right. Well done. So would just I, keep working, wouldn't mind, just, yeah. <laughs> I, I think, yeah. yeah so, I mean, if you toss a ball in the general direction of the ingredients you want, then that dog would probably <laughs> <laughs> fetch them for you. As far as a cook, man, you got me on that one, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say a cat because cats are kind of just pretty. Oh, that's a great look answer. At that, and there's some conflict built into yeah. that, which yeah. is beautiful. <laughs> just, oh, that's just natural, the right? The casting is nice. Yeah. The casting is nice because you've got the cat dog dynamic working. Right. And the dog is just in there, yes, cat, yes, cat. Yeah. And he's just like, <laughs> damn cat. I'll, I'm, someday I'm going to be chef. Someday I'm going to be chef and I'm going to show him. Uh, cats, I kind of picture them as being more like Gordon Ramsay, kind of like, no, you know, <laughs> you're an idiot, whatever. <laughs> so stupid dog. Yeah. yeah. Do you think there's any. Was that your British accent? No. Is that oh, that was your cat accent? That was my cat accent. Okay, <laughs> that's how cats talk. Oh, that is. Okay. Everybody knows that. Are there any, a follow-up question uh, oh, to it? Are there any cats that don't cuss? Maybe kittens, but yeah, kittens uh, before. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> before they're cheating. Yeah. 
before right. that, JD. Chewy, what is the most underrated horror film that people should see? One of my personal favorites that gets a lot of hate would be George Romero's Diary of the Dead. This one is set after the more famous trilogy of Night, Dawn, and Day of the Dead. But this one I like because it was made in the dawn of the social media era, so like mid-2000s, like 2005 or six maybe. And it's crazy. I mean, it, it's not perfectly executed, but there's a lot of hints as to what things would become as they have for us in, in the now future of that time. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, how social media became a basically embedded in our daily lives, pretty much. I mean, we are, I mean, to an extent, controlled by social media. Interesting. So, is that is that a zombie film in in, in overall? Can I just clarify? Mm -hmm. Is this a follow-up question? Yes. This is my follow-up question. Okay, I'm just trying to clarify. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it is a zombie film. Basically, it follows a group of film students, and one of them is a documentarian, so he's trying to document things as they're happening. So you see everything from... It's, it's, it's kind of like the Blair Witch Project, where the first point mm. view. Uh, but there's also scenes that are kind of shown from like the outside, in, in a way. It, it's kind of like a mix of both, but it's mainly uh, the first-person shaky cam type of stuff. Okay, excellent. So, in episode 43... There we go. ...of your podcast. He likes to brag about listening to your podcast. <laughs> okay, sure, yeah. And, thanks, man. Yeah. We, it was, it, we all listen to the podcast, and we, these are all endorsed by the shepherds to our sheep. Uh, that These are all quality podcasts they should be listened to. But by all means, Jamie, brag, brag away. Okay, so in episode 43, it is about uh, the movie The Blob. Uh-huh. And I always ask questions that are animal related yeah so is the blob an animal and how would you characterize it as an animal the blob it seems like it thinks i mean maybe uh we actually discussed that in the episode that it's kind of similar to something called a slime mold but that they're not really considered to be animals and slime molds actually do exist in, in our reality by the way and it's funny because scientists found that slime molds can mimic maps of like roads and train lines and like if, if you superimpose them on a on a map and you put their food sources in which the places that would represent the cities for example and you put them like on the opposite side of the map they would network and kind of get to that food source in a very similar way to the way that we built the roads so that's kind of creepy, but to answer your question, <laughs> uh, I would consider the blob not an animal. It's, I, I mean, it's, I think, determined that it's a virus or something like that in the movie, but um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't consider that an animal, to be honest. All right. And I'm, are you going to do a follow-up question? Yeah. Oh, it's so annoying when you do that because it's literally <laughs> called the lightning round. It's a follow-up observation We're and then a follow-up question. So no, the follow-up oh, observation. You, you can't do both. So pick I'm one just or the other. picturing the the this child is... who's being asked by like the third grade teacher, what do you want to do when you grow up? <laughs> I want to study slime molds and, and figure <laughs> out mapping techniques to get their food to, be, to so be um, Yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't need a follow-up question. Oh, okay. Just you, an observation. Nice. Excellent. You're yielding your time to me? I am yielding my time. Thank you. All right. And so follow-up question. No. I so have... the last question <laughs> of the lightning round, and this one is probably a big one. Do you like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? Do I like them? Yes, I do. And 
follow-up question. What jelly do you prefer to use in a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? I would typically use strawberry. Strawberry, not grape. In mm. your face. Jelly or jam? No, he said, I said, what type of jelly in a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Um, he said strawberry, not grape. I don't think you were, I don't, I think you were limiting his, his option. <laughs> I was not. And I'm asking, would you have, would you have chosen if given the opportunity, strawberry jam over strawberry jelly? All right. <laughs> uh, you, well, would you have, yeah, if I'd said jam or jelly, would you stayed with strawberry? I would have, yeah. Yeah. Boom! <laughs> grape is out! You, I was not differentiating between <laughs> strawberry and grape. No, our, our guest I is spoken. asked him, strawberry jam or jelly? No, he's... he's he, our if you're going to get into the deep, important life questions of do you like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches... Which I did. I feel like it's important to get to the age-old question of jam or jelly. I, I didn't. I said he, he answered the question. I know, but my follow-up question to your question was jam oh, or jelly. You and your if you would have just let me ask the question, we'd have the answer right now. Jam or jelly? Uh, I would say jam. Yep. Uh, How many times we got to say it? He said jelly to you before. If I, if I had not jumped in, nobody would have known that he was actually a jam guy. Oh, please kill me now. Kill me now. Wait, that's consent? No, I've, I've seriously, like, could please end it. Okay, so so Chewy, tell me, tell us people where they find you on social media to learn more about the podcast, to to listen to it. Certainly, uh, we are pretty much on on most social media. We are on Facebook under Expert in the Myths Behind the Legends. We are on Twitter as Myths Behind LGDS. We are on Instagram also as Myths Behind LGDS. And our podcast, you can basically find it on on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We are pretty much on, on all the major podcast carriers. I mean, there's a whole bunch of them that, that I had no, no, no idea existed, but apparently we're under two. Uh, but I guess the main ones for everybody is Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Our episodes are hosted on Anchor, so if, if you have a web browser and you want to listen to us through there, you can just go to Anchor, and we're on there as well. That's great. Mm -hmm. Well, we really appreciate you joining us tonight. Uh, we encourage all of our sheep to listen to your podcast and to get to know more about horror movies. Well done. <clears throat> horror <laughs> movies. Horror. Yeah, we got it. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to accentuate the yeah. or the yeah. roar. We all know what the you're doing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we really appreciate you coming on and, and spending time with us. Thanks for having Good talking it's with you. Great talking to you guys. See you around. Good luck with the podcast. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, so hopefully you guys enjoyed that little segment that I was part of, and that was very fun to make, and hopefully we can collaborate again with not only them, but pretty much anyone that's down to collaborate. We're always down to talk to people and pick their brains as to what they enjoy or not enjoy about horror. And speaking of that, it, the time has come for me to do the Halloween little critique slash review that I have planned for you guys. And I want to talk about a few things. Essentially, what I want to say is... Basically, the Halloween franchise has had so many retcons and reboots and ignored plot lines, and it's just a convoluted mess. <laughs> but basically, this movie is part of a new trilogy that started, I believe, in 2018, if I'm not mistaken. And this specific trilogy only takes into account the very first movie from the 1970s. So, 
ignore all the other Halloweens. Those never happened. That was never a part of the this canon <laughs> of this timeline. So essentially, we would have four movies, which would be the original Halloween. And then the 2018 Halloween, which should have had some sort of subtitle, I guess. But what do I know? And then this one, Halloween Kills. And then the next one that will be released will be Halloween Ends. I believe that comes out next year in 2022. So it will be a quadrilogy, so to speak. And like I said, the other ones will be completely ignored. And if you want to hear about that, I'm sure there's people on YouTube that can break it down <laughs> a little better than I could at this moment, at least. Because, yeah, it, it's just a whole mess of timelines and retcons and reboots and we shall not speak of the Rob Zombie re uh, reboots or remakes because nope um, <laughs> but definitely this one was really enjoyable and I guess I'll start with that the positive points which I thought was a lot more than the negative and essentially what I want to say that I liked a lot about this movie was the way that they paid tribute to the original the flashback scenes to the 1978 incident were done pretty well i think they add a couple more things that we didn't know about but i mean this i guess part of this timeline that were never mentioned in the original movie but i thought those flashback scenes were done pretty well it really had the feel of the original movie in a lot of points the actor that played the role of loomis he had it's a small cameo role i think he's only like in two or three scenes but i thought he did pretty good he looks almost exactly like Donald Pleasance did back in the time period. And I also like the fact that they brought back the OG actors from the 1978 version. The guy that played Sheriff Brackett is the same actor, now he's an older gentleman. You also see the nurse, who actually played a part in, I believe, Halloween Resurrection or Halloween 20. I can't remember which one, but she was in one of those two. And so she came back for this one as, as a, her own character, the nurse. And we also see the character of Lindsay, which was the little girl that Lori was stuck with babysitting in 1978. Now you see her as a grown woman, and it's the same actor, the same actress. And another positive point that I want to bring up would be the way that Michael Myers is portrayed in this storyline, in this timeline, because he is definitely more vicious, more ruthless than he was in previous iterations. His methods are more violent. He definitely kills a lot of people in this movie. So the Halloween Kills subtitle is not undeserved. It deserves that title. Because Michael Myers goes to town. Literally. <laughs> so definitely he's more of a force to be reckoned with in this timeline. So I would not want to be crossing paths with him at any point. <laughs> Which pretty much half of the town has the unfortunate luck of actually running into him and I guess I gotta talk about the negative things some of the stuff that I didn't like about the film specifically I wasn't a big fan of the way that Anthony Michael Hall played Tommy Doyle I like his acting actually I he thinks a fine actor he actually played the part of Johnny in the TV series version of the Dead Zone which is a story by Stephen King there's a movie version that Christopher Walken played the main role in but Anthony Michael Hall played the lead character in the TV series version of that. Maybe from like 15 years ago. Or 20 maybe. So I like his acting but in this one it just felt like he was out of it. I don't know what it was. I felt like he was trying too hard. And at the same time that he wasn't trying hard enough. If that even makes sense. Because it feels like he's kind of phoning in his, his performance. But he's hamming it up too. So it's, it's kind of weird. It's like a weird dichotomy that he's... <laughs> playing this character in, in such a weird way that 
I can't really get into his portrayal. And from what I heard, they actually tried to get Paul Rudd because Paul Rudd played the part of Tommy Doyle in Halloween 6, which is in a different timeline. But I believe that at some point they did ask him if he, if he could do this, and he couldn't because I think he was tied up with some of the Avengers movies or, or Ant-Man or something like that. So that's unfortunate because I think Paul Rudd would have done a pretty good job in this. Um, and again, not to be disrespectful to Anthony Michael Hall, but I just didn't feel like he, he did a good job in this one, unfortunately. So that kind of took me out because he plays a, a somewhat of a major role in this film. He's the one that starts rallying up the crowd against Michael Myers. And that's another thing that a lot of people see as negative. I mean, I think that, that was a weird angle to take with this, to be honest. Basically, the Tommy Doyle character is tired of Michael Myers being around and being a stain on this town's legacy. So he starts going basically door to door and recruiting people to go on a witch hunt. So you could say that Tommy Doyle like hand-fed these people to Michael Myers, <laughs> put him on a silver platter for him to go off on a rampage on. But... Yeah, for some reason, I don't think that was something that I was into too much as far as the story point. I understand that people would get tired of being thought of as living in a death town or a cursed town. Because even though in this timeline, Michael Myers has only had two sprees, which is, the again, the original movie from the 78, and then the one from a couple years ago. He's killed about, I want to say about 10 people by this point. But... I understand that people might be tired of, of having that stigma associated to their town. So, of course, they join a mob and they go off and... and uh, well, well, I'll leave you to find out how that works out for them. <laughs> but, essentially, that was not a point that I was a fan of, to be honest. I thought it was a weird... And there's another subplot, by the way, with a mental patient. And that one was kind of just filler, I think. That thing that could have been cut out of the movie completely. And it would have made very little difference. But, at any rate... That's basically the stuff that I wanted to cover for the most part. I mean, if I go too much more into detail, I'll spoil the movie for you guys. And if you haven't seen it, I don't want to do that to you. So there's a few more things that I liked and a few others that I didn't like. And I guess I should mention that the ending was kind of expected, but unexpected in the way that they went around getting there, if that makes sense. Because now the character of Laurie Strode is going to have much more of a vendetta against Michael Myers after what happened in the end of this movie. She's definitely going to be angrier at Michael Myers. She's going to have more of a revenge storyline for this. And I'm actually looking forward to how that's going to play out because I think she deserves a good ending. And by good, I don't mean that she lives to be happily ever after because she can't really after what happened in this film. But... As long as the character is sent off in a way that makes sense and that respects the essence of her character, I think that'll be good enough for me as a Halloween fan, at least. And before I sign off for this episode, I do want to bring up that I did a poll on Twitter for you guys, and <laughs> basically the options, well, the question, first of all, was, did you enjoy Halloween Kills? And the options that I gave the audience were, it was freaking great, it was meh, or it's a piece of crap. <laughs> and I was surprised that, according to this, 47% thought it was meh. It wasn't great or a piece of crap. So, I guess pretty vanilla. <laughs> Versus 24% that thought it was freaking great. And 
29% that thought it was a piece of crap, so more people that voted actually had more of a negative reaction to this film, and I can see why. I definitely can see why. I don't think it's a bad movie, I don't think it's a piece of crap. It's good, it's adequate for whatever they're trying to do with this timeline, which again, it's a little weird having a new Dr. Loomis type of character and, you know, it's, it's a little bit convoluted to say the least. But I'm definitely looking forward to the end of this quadrilogy, I'm looking forward to how they end this timeline and I believe this is probably going to be definitely the last time that Jamie Lee Curtis plays Laurie Strode, unfortunately, and or, or fortunately depending which camp you're in, but I mean I think she does pretty good in, in that role as a fan of the series. So yeah, that's pretty much everything that I wanted to cover for this little mini review slash critique. I hope you guys get to watch the movie soon if you haven't because it's a pretty good film I thought and hopefully you enjoy it as well. And having said that, I'm just going to remind you guys to once again check out our social media which is all nested on our link tree which is linktree.com slash myths behind LGDS. You're going to find all of our social media links under Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, email, anchor profile, Spotify, etc. So definitely do hit us up on our social media accounts. If you have any questions, comments, drop them in our respective inboxes or DMs. So yeah, that was it for this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Have a great morning, evening, late night. I do suggest that if you run across a shape that's wielding a knife, do not confront it, run away from it, stay away from Michael Myers looking like people because that's bad for your health. So <laughs> until we see you in the next one, have a good one.